Stiving, and welcome to this episode of the Career Success Podcast. Our guest today is Javier Hernandez, the General Manager of the UK and Ireland for Duracell. Javier has 18 years of FMCG experience across various categories. He started his career with P&G in Mexico within market research, and soon after he began his international career by moving to Belgium to become the manager for consumer and market knowledge for home care in Western Europe. After completing this role, he was promoted into a group manager position in Geneva, and in 2005, he moved into brand management on dish care for Western Europe. He worked his way up in marketing, and in 2013, he became the associate marketing director for Duracell for Western Europe and Global Rechargeable Products, where he delivered the best year since P&G acquired the brand. They achieved growth across all measures, including a 4% increase in sales, 6% increase in share, and over 50% increase in profit. In 2015, he was asked to lead the Duracell integration into Berkshire Hathaway for the UK and Irish business, and in 2016, he was appointed the general manager for Duracell UK and Ireland as a Berkshire Hathaway company. Welcome, Javier. Hi, Lauren. Pleasure to be here with you, and uh, thanks for having me in your podcast. Yes, thanks for joining me. So I'd like to start off by asking you a couple of questions about your career. I know that you were working for P&G for about 17 years before moving to the Duracell company in March of 2016. And what are some of the key decisions you made throughout your career to become the general manager of the UK and Ireland for Duracell? You know, Lauren, I've, I've never been guided by position. I've been always guided by a few things in terms of the jobs or companies that I would like to work for. The first one is working for companies or brands that I admire as a consumer, as a person. So that's that's the first consideration I have. The second one is organizations that have the values that I, that I share and that I believe in. Mm-hmm. And then the third consideration is where can I learn the most? And I think in most of my career moves, I was presented with options that at the time looked risky but actually offered an amazing learning experience. And this is where you just need to let your heart and your intuition guide you. And I've taken these, these options that seemed a bit more risky, seemed a bit more complicated, but presented actually the best opportunity to learn. So if you had to suggest to junior talents that were looking to grow to, to, the, to a general management position, uh, what would you suggest to them? I guess consistent to my first answer is don't be guided by the title. It's not the GM title that will make you a GM. It is rather what is the type of career that you want to do and what is that fulfilling and meaningful career that you want to have. And it might be GM, but it might be different things. And it would be what do you want to actually do? What do you want to actually learn? What do you want to actually enjoy doing? And that is the most important thing, that people really need to think not on a position, but what is the job content, what is the actual work that they would be doing that that they need to focus on, and on that then put the passion for it. Sure. Well, that's great advice, I think, for, for every junior talent that's looking to, to grow their career and really get to, to their end goal. Um, I know that uh, as well throughout every successful career, there's a few failures uh, which failure in your career has taught you the most, and, and why do you think that is? I, I must say, I don't like that word. I don't <laughs> think it's in my dictionary. I don't think you fail. I think you gain valuable experiences. 
that's the way I, I see some of the setbacks that you might have in any career or in any business. No? So failure is actually not coming back after a setback. And you'll always have ups and downs and you'll always have some things that don't necessarily go as planned. I think the, the ones that I've learned the most from is on businesses where we have not focused enough or invested enough on the core and businesses where we were drifting away from the core. I think that that has been a big learning opportunity for me. And then the second is really become a great learner of competition. So times where things have not gone as per the plan is we sometimes ignore the external factors like the market, the environment, or competition. Being too internally focused is, is always dangerous. So those are the two things that I would that I would say I've learned the most from. Okay. Well, I'd like to shift a bit and get your input on a couple of industry trends at the moment. Sure. Um, while I was attending the, the IGD big debate in London a couple of weeks ago, uh, the biggest headache for retailers and manufacturers was the currency exchange. Um, how has that affected your business, and do you believe it will continue to affect the industry? I mean, I think it has certainly affected almost every business, but I don't think effects is is really the biggest headache. I think uncertainty is in many of my years, my early years, I worked in Latin American developing countries, and there we have a lot of times to manage effects and to manage all the fluctuations that a developing country sometimes and those weaker currencies have. So this is a relatively new phenomenon for developed markets. It's just being more agile, it's looking into different pockets of cost and try to make a more efficient business, trying to make more meaningful investment decisions, more studied business decisions and investment decisions. I think that's what any business will need to do. And it's, it's just a new world. We'll need to manage uncertainty a lot more and a lot better than what we have done in the past. Yeah, I mean, another speaker at the conference was Martin Binstein. He's the commercial director for the UK at Google. Um, and he gave a statistic that 80% of sales in the UK still happen in a physical store. Um, I know that digital is big on everyone's mind. And how does this affect your digital strategy? And how do you find the right balance between online and offline sales? No, indeed. Also in our business, we see that most of most of our sales happen still in the store. And one of our biggest priorities as a business has been driving physical distribution and driving visibility in store. I must say that our vision is to expand and grow the e-commerce business quite aggressively. And it is one of the brands and one of the categories that actually can work very well in e-commerce um, driven by the adjacencies that we can find with other categories like toys or electronics. So the the concept that we're trying to do is just reapply what we do in a physical store, but on the on the online space. So driving the same brand awareness, driving the same visibility, driving the same type of impulse purchase that you would have in a store, but in a digital environment. So actually for us, it's a very exciting opportunity to to drive e-commerce further. Well, um, I know considering that the, the Duracell company is only nine months old, I know a lot of our listeners and myself are curious about um, how the transition has been from P&G to a standalone company. 
And I wanted to ask you, what are the biggest challenges of a small or medium organization? On top of the the transition challenges, which is just setting a new company, creating the processes, creating the structures, um, putting the systems in place. I think the biggest challenge that I've faced and I've seen is having the right organization, the right talent mm-hmm. that is suited for a small or medium business. In a large organization, you have tons of people and you have sometimes the space for underperformance or the space for learning at a lower pace. In a small business, there's no place to hide. You need to have people that are effective as of day one. Of course, we still want people to develop, to grow further, but actually the demand of a small company is is a lot higher. Um, You rely a lot more on people. You depend a lot more on the unique and individual mark that every individual or every person will put on the business. So actually what I faced is the need for having the best talent is actually greater in small organizations than big organizations. Yeah, and I mean, I guess from from your point, you also experienced it having having been in in PNG for you know seventeen years. Um, I also wanted to ask you why did you decide to to leave and take the risk moving into a smaller, more startup like organization? Yeah, I mean, you, you're saying it well. No, it it was a risky move, but I, I think that it was a very exciting moment to be part of of Duracell, having been acquired by Russia Hathaway is the fourth largest company in the world. And it is just very exciting to be able to now look at creating what I see as a $2 billion startup and be able to shape the present and future of one of the leading brands in the industry, one of the most iconic brands in the world. Uh, So the opportunity was just very, very exciting. And there's so many things that we can do that it just felt the right moment to move and be able to create in a way that is more direct, that we have more sense of ownership and accountability, what the future of power will be. Yeah, I was going to ask you just, uh, I know you mentioned a couple of points, but what is the, the the employee value proposition that you and your organization can offer to someone? I think it's a creating a $2 billion startup, which is very unique. So it's not a startup like any other startup. This is a startup that has an amazing company behind. So we have Berkshire Hathaway, one of the most admired companies in the world, backing up Duracell. So that means a lot. It is a great brand, market leading in the industry. And it's working in a business that there's a lot of potential for. So if you think about it, Power and energy is just a huge opportunity and a huge category in itself. So that combination makes it a very exciting project for anyone that has an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, so those are, those are some of the considerations that I think people would really enjoy. And then you have the element of a small company, which is a very different feel to it you have the opportunity to see the impact of your work much more directly. And that, I think some people just get the thrill out of that experience. Sure. Well, that's all the time that that we have today. Thank you so much, Javier, for joining me today on the Career Success Podcast.
Thank you very much, Lauren, for having me.